when lawyers or controllers take charge of company strategy and define product strategy choices, they inevitably will lead the organization to produce collective stupidity instead of collective wisdom. Welcome to Create New Futures, a show about thought-provoking ideas and practices you can use to create and shape your future in life and in business. Join Aviv Shahar, author and innovation strategy consultant, as he shares his proven strategies that have helped clients create breakthrough results. Aviv has guided executives at Fortune 100 companies, and now he wants to help you. This is Aviv with a new episode of Create New Futures, and this one is titled Collective Intelligence Number 4, The Five Altitudes of Business Conversations. There are two fast ways to ruin a great company and run a business into the ground. The first is to let lawyers run the company. Although attorneys play an important role, which is that they help leaders operate within the law and keep the company out of trouble, they have no business defining the organization's strategy. Sure, while there are very smart lawyers who understand business, applying a legal mindset to defining the company's mission is one fast way to destroy a great company. The second less intuitive but equally devastating way to ruin a company is to let the financial controller run the business. True, there are CFOs who have made the transition to CEO successfully. To do so, however, they've had to make a conscious mental break from the controlling aspect of their finance function. Unless they deliberately choose differently, both lawyers and controllers are prone to take a myopic view of the business by focusing on a single objective, which inhibits and stifles the collective wisdom and intelligence of a leadership team. One explanation I've heard about the Boeing 737 MAX tragedy is that it was the financial targets that forced the engineers to change the logic of the autopilot control. Whether this account is true, and whether it was the only breakdown point that led to the two disastrous plane crashes, is for Boeing and other entities to analyze. If true, however, this singular focus exemplifies a myopic imperative that catalyzes collective stupidity. When lawyers or controllers take charge of company strategy and define product strategy choices, they inevitably will lead the organization to produce collective stupidity instead of collective wisdom. It is in the context of our pursuit of collective organizational intelligence that we reflect on the collective stupidity syndrome. It is my observation that most spectacular disasters in corporate history can be traced in one way or another to collective stupidity. Let me explain what is collective stupidity. Have you ever been in a room full of smart people only to discover that collectively you have produced senseless and even idiotic outcomes. Be honest. If you answered yes, been there, done that, 
I have bad news and good news for you. The good news is that your experience mirrors that of many other bright professionals, and with it, all is not lost. The bad news is that you are not alone. Collective stupidity occurs spontaneously, almost weekly, in some of the most renowned companies in the world. The technical definition of collective stupidity is a condition in which a group of individuals makes each person less intelligent and more prone to individually and collectively suboptimal, dysfunctional, and even disastrous outputs. Why do teams of smart people produce collective stupidity? First, the members fail to listen deeply to each other. Second, they react from pressure and fear which cloud their judgment. Third, people get defensive and entrenched in fixed viewpoints. And fourth, because they each speak at different altitudes and they are not able to produce true alignment due to the misunderstandings that necessarily occur. The fifth reason I have observed is that they fail to appreciate that well-designed conversations are the true master-up of successful teams, and that such highly efficacious conversations lead to clarity of purpose and facilitate the co-creative brilliance and collective wisdom of the team. I first observed the altitude differentials and disconnect syndrome that contribute to ineffective and dysfunctional conversations and meetings three decades ago. And I've since seen and observed these pathologies in many companies and teams. To prevent such breakdowns and help people clarify which level of conversation they are in at a given time, I named and described five different conversations and their corresponding altitudes. Here is how this approach was framed. The five conversation altitudes. My Air Force flying experience taught me the practical and metaphoric power of altitude. Flying at 500 feet, 5,000 feet, 10,000 feet, 20,000 feet and 35,000 feet I realized that each altitude provides a unique vantage point and therefore activates different maneuver and response possibilities. It was an experience that shaped an approach I recommend to executive teams, which is to develop the capacity to work at all five altitudes. An effective leader must be able to shift adaptively engage in conversations at different altitudes, and decipher the strategic, operational, and tactical elements for each situational need and opportunity. The premise was simple and straightforward. Here is how I describe these five altitudes that jet pilots navigate, and then apply them to the leadership conversations and intelligence each one represents. Altitude 1. At 500 feet, pilots cannot see very far because objects on the ground look large. The mountain in front of them can be dangerous. 
Similarly, leaders must recognize and separate what's truly urgent, solve these problems, and make decisions quickly. And we therefore define that altitude one is the problem-solving and decision-making conversation. Altitude two is flying at 5,000 feet, where pilots easily can identify objects on the ground and compare them to each other. They can see what's below clearly enough to say, I like this neighborhood down there. I prefer this house with a swimming pool. And similarly, leaders must bring tremendous focus to a few select priorities that represent their preferred opportunity targets that enable them to build momentum. They then must mobilize their teams and coordinate their collaborative efforts to produce meaningful near-term benefits and results. Altitude 2, therefore, is the priority opportunities conversation. Altitude 3 is reached when climbing to an elevation of 10,000 feet, where pilots can see where they came from and where they're heading. Although close enough to the ground to identify movement, they have sufficient altitude to maneuver. Similarly, leaders allocate resources strategically in the most effective way when they evaluate the performance, productivity, and profitability of their business units and activities. Altitude 3, therefore, is the performance and profitability conversation. And then Altitude 4 is flying at 2,000 feet, where pilots have a different perspective because they see everything from above, including mountaintops. This altitude enables them to reflect on the paradigms and the mental models that shape their outlook. Similarly, leaders must reflect on the perceptions that govern their views of the marketplace and the world, these are the big-picture paradigms in which they operate. To gain new perspectives, they ask bigger questions that enable them to see relationships and connect dots that earlier appeared unrelated. Altitude 4, therefore, is where leaders can reinvent themselves by challenging their own and others' perceptions and by engaging in the paradigm and perspective conversation. So now let's talk about Altitude 5, which is flying at the top of the tropopause and entering the stratosphere at 35,000 feet, a little above 10 kilometers, and yes, the preferred altitude for commercial flights, and where pilots see the world differently. At that elevation, there is a distinct feeling of, and perhaps even a mystical appreciation for the hugeness of the world. Similarly, leaders step into an elevated set of considerations when they include the problems and urgencies they needed to solve, which was altitude 1 at 500 feet, the priorities on which they seek to collaborate in altitude 2, the 5,000 feet, the performance they drive, which is altitude 3, the 10,000 feet, and the new paradigms, including the new business models and perspectives, which is altitude 4 at 20,000 feet, all inside the bigger consideration of purpose. So altitude 5 
is where leaders create a vision inclusive of people and planet aligned with their purpose. Each of these altitudes has its own power and intensity. Together, they represent the gradient of conversations and issues leaders face in business and in life. You can be passionate at every level, although the nature and quality of the passion change. Each of these altitudes of business conversations brings forward its unique intelligence. So one more time from the bottom up, altitude one at 500 feet offers problem solving and decision making intelligence. Altitude two at 5,000 feet offers priority opportunities intelligence. Altitude three at 10,000 feet offers performance and profitability intelligence. And altitude four at 20,000 feet offers paradigm and perspective intelligence. And yes, then altitude 5 at 35,000 feet offers purpose intelligence in terms of the purpose of people and planet and all that's inclusive in that and the intelligence that will be brought to bear in relation to these conversations. We've all encountered managers who operate only at 500 feet. They miss the more holistic performance considerations because they move from urgency to urgency, unable to prioritize opportunities. And yes, the Altitude 1 conversations and their intelligence must be kindled and embraced before we are ready to explore new perspectives and embrace different paradigms that lead to the bigger picture of purpose. Recall our friend Albert Einstein, who said the significant problems we face cannot be solved at the same level of thinking we were at when we created them. To escape collective stupidity, to unleash the joint creativity and wisdom of an organization, and free up its capacity to apply its collective intelligence, we must practice the discipline of conscious conversation choreography. That's right, conscious conversation choreography. By which I mean thoughtfully choreographing and curating the flow and the order of conversations. The Five Altitudes Framework is one of several tools that help us ask several questions and then clarify the answers to these questions as we look to frame and choreograph the conversation flow. Number one, what are the needs and opportunities we must address? Number two, what conversations best facilitate these needs and opportunities? Number three, at which altitude should we begin the conversation? Number four, how will we design the conversation flow to include all participants efficaciously? And number five, How will we facilitate the best flow of ideas, overcome challenges, and produce the highest impact? For example, Google's management practices were designed to facilitate and build two layers of collective intelligence that are integrated to the workflow. First, employees are encouraged to dedicate 20% of their time to projects that represent their interests and passion. Providing this autonomy and freedom creates a first layer of distributed intelligence and promotes a bottom-up vortex 
from which the next breakthrough idea can emerge. The next layer builds on the first. As people share their passion projects, others who share their excitement are free to allocate their energy and time to those efforts as well. That's the second layer of collective intelligence, generated by distributed individual choice, where people voting with their time and energy create a mechanism of self-organized selection. Now it's your turn. Turn this key. Identify situations that are prone to collective stupidity in your organization and your team. Reset and reframe opportunities by encouraging and provoking an emergent inquiry about the conversation's focus, nature, and altitude. Find new and creative ways to unleash the collective wisdom and intelligence of your team. Thank you for listening. Aviv always encourages his clients to identify the one or two ideas they can move forward into action immediately. What will you capture and apply today? You can always begin with a small action and then build momentum over time. When you move forward from an idea to action, you get immediate ROI, return on the time you invested, and return of learning. And then the learning cycle builds the success propulsion. One more thing. You can reach Aviv directly by phone and email to discover how he can help you create a new future for your business and organization. Creating your new future can begin today. Today.